Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast, where as a church, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So if you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend worship experience. We'd love for you to stay connected with us by visiting us at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. Thanks for being with us, and we really hope and, you enjoy uh, this message. We're excited to get into week two today because we are in a series called Relationships Built Different. How many people were blessed last Sunday with the kickoff of our relationship series? I hope that you were. I hope that you were encouraged. I hope your relationships are building and getting better. Today's message is going to be a good one. Last Sunday, the message was entitled Relationships Built Different. Today, I want to talk to you on the topic, The List Built Different. <clears throat> the list built different. Yeah. How many people have a list? A list. It might not be. Knowing what I'm talking about today, let me help you understand. Uh, once somebody asked me, they said, hey, was Pastor Liz everything on your list? When you were single and you were looking for a future wife, was she everything on your list? And I started to think about it, and actually, no, she wasn't everything on my list. My list wasn't very long, to be honest. Um, but uh, I can remember three things for sure, and one was that I wanted her to have dark skin, have dark hair, and to be a good singer. I wanted her to be a good singer because I knew that God called me to preach, so I was like, if I could preach, if she could sing, we could travel, it'll be a thing. It'll be great. We could be a tag team, you know what I'm saying? She'll, she'll start off, and then I'll come in and close it out, and it'll be great. And, uh, and then when I met Pastor Liz, you know, she got light skin like she does then, but when I met her, she had blonde hair, and, uh, and she got a lot of gifts. But singing is not one of them. And so, and so I was a little, you know, confused when we ended up. But don't feel bad for her. Because as I was preparing for this message, I sat down and I said, hey, was I everything on your list? And she said, you know, it's funny you should ask that. Because I remember being in a small group with my mom and some other women one day. And uh, it, it, it came my turn to speak. And I was single for a while, she said. And I remember saying to, to, the, to my small group, saying, yeah, you know, I've been single for a long time. I know I'm so big. I'm not mad about it because I know God is preparing my man. That's why I'm single. And he's going to be tall. And he's going to be buff. And he's going to have all these muscles. And he's going to be so strong and handsome. And then my mom looked over me when I said that. And she rebuked me. She said, uh-uh, don't you bring all those requirements to the Lord because the Lord might not give you that. And you got to be good with what the Lord gives you. And then she looked at me. She said, and my mom was right. And I stopped eating at that moment, and I, that was two weeks ago. I have been offended in our marriage for two weeks that my mom was right. What you mean your mom was right? And then she tried to make it better. She's like, no, no, you know, but you're, but you're anointed. <laughs> but you're funny. But you're spiritual. You're a good leader. I'm like, but am I sexy? That's all I want to know. <laughs> And so what's on your list, future husbands, future wives? Um, I went to TikTok. I'd never been on TikTok before. I was the first time I was on TikTok was this week in preparation for this sermon. I almost lost my life. I was, I was sucked in. It was crazy. It's like a whole world. It's a black hole of attention. And uh, I went to TikTok to find out uh, what other people's uh, future husbands and future wives lists were. And, uh, and you might be surprised uh, to find some of them. So, so this was a future husband list. <clears throat> they start off good. But then they don't, okay? So uh, here's the first one. Uh, he should be loyal, respectful, and a family man. That's not bad. That's good. That is reasonable. That is acceptable. Second one, 
He should be a regular gym goer. I'm not hating on that either. He should be a healthy person, right? He should be fit and, and take care of his health. This is when it gets a little bit weird. Number three here, can't be bald, sorry. That's messed up. We can't control that. Guess worse, next one. At least 5'6", I'm 5'4", so it's fair. All my short guys, I feel you, man. Next one, annual income of at least $100,000 a year. Who you dating, girl? And who have you dated that this is your standard? $100,000 a year. The last one was the one that got me, though. Put it on the screen. Must not be addicted to video games. <laughs> That's funny. All right, guys, here's your chance, though. Here's my future wife list. Not mine, TikToks, to be clear. TikToks, future wife list. First one, loyal, respectful, and nurturing. Not again, not, not a lot to ask. That's good. Next one, that's a little controversial, but it's not a good cook. That's not, not too much. We save money on Uber, save money on, on DoorDash, all those things, Postmates. Next one, though, it gets a little not so good. Funny, but not too funny. It's like, I want you to make me laugh. I just don't want you to laugh at me, you know, kind of thing. Next one, under 5'4". So height is very important to people when they're picking their spouses. Next one, annual income of at least $97,000 a year. Because I wanted to make money, just not as much as me, <laughs> apparently. Men are not trying to pay the bills by themselves nowadays. Next one. Must be okay with me playing video games. <laughs> That's funny. All right. And now, now listen, it's not just single people who have lists. We also have married people who have lists. So on TikTok, I found the ideal marriage list. These are people who are not married, who, who are making a list of what they think the perfect marriage looks like. So ideal marriage, here's what they said. Number one thing in their list, date night every week. That's good. That's not bad. That's a great idea. I'm 100% behind that. Here's where it gets like, I don't know. Next one. Kiss on top of the Eiffel Tower. Which again, you know, if travel is a part of your marriage goal, seeing the world, that's not bad unless you want that to be date night every week. Then maybe that's not a good idea. Here's where it gets real. I don't know. Next one. Yeah, I don't know. Never fight, nah, ideal, not realistic, for sure. I don't trust you until we fight. You know what I'm saying? I need to see you fight. All right, next one. Oh, dang. Have sex every day. I mean, no, not, not good, not realistic. Next one. Have blank amount of kids by blank age. I mean, well, if you're having sex every day, then maybe. That's something you could accomplish, but out of your control, out of your control. It's not something that you get to decide. And the last one I thought was funny. Go ahead, put it. Have the kids move out by blank age, which again, you can't control that. Uh, I mean, you can, you, they could be homeless, but also that would be cruel. And so 
And, and listen, if we're going to add to this, it's not just a single people list, the ideal marriage list, it's also the bucket list. We all got bucket lists, own a home, travel the world, start a business, win a Grammy, all good things, all good things. I'm not hating on any of those things. My only issue is, listen, God is our savior, not our Santa. And Santa is the only one that works with less. And, and so, and, and God does want to give us what we want, but the difference between a savior and a Santa is that a savior will sometimes give you what you want, but never if it comes at the expense of what you need. He'll never sacrifice what you need for what you want. Because that's what saviors do. Saviors help you live. Imagine going to the doctor and getting tested because you were feeling sick and not too well. And the doctor does his test. He goes, oh my gosh, you need emergency surgery. Like right now, you need emergency surgery. And then you go, surgery right now? And he's like, yeah, right now. And you're like, that really doesn't work for my schedule. Right now. I don't really want to have a surgery right now. Could you give me a pill? Is there a cream that I could rub on the area maybe or a diet perhaps or maybe some push-ups? Can I add those to my routine and just, and just be okay? Imagine the doctor looks at you and goes, is that what you really want? Absolutely. Go home. No problem. He might have given you what you wanted, but that is a bad doctor because he did not give you what you needed. It's not give you what you need. Here is the problem with our list, no matter how they exist. Our list, this is good. This isn't a slide, but you can write this down. Our lists are built on the foundation of our desires. And you need to catch this. Oh, you need to catch. If you hear one thing today, you need to catch this. And our desires cannot be trusted to always be in our best interests. Did you receive that? Did that hit you in your soul? Our lists are built on the foundation of our desires, but our desires cannot be trusted to always be in our best interest. Case in point, there's a new diet fad out right now called intuitive eating. Have you heard of this? I have heard of this. If this works for you, I'm not coming for you. I just want you to know it does not work for me because the way intuitive eating works, if this is, I looked it up online, this is the diet. You only eat when you're hungry. I'm always hungry, <laughs> always hungry. That's not a good diet for me. And, and what's to say that I don't choose the donuts over the broccoli? Like I'm, if I'm hungry, I'm going for the donuts, not the broccoli. This is the difference between letting desires rule our life, okay? Because if you put a kid in a kitchen by himself and you say eat, he's going for all the candy, all the donuts, all the ice cream. You need a parent to get up in there and go, listen, donuts are good, but you need protein. You need some chicken. You need some, some vitamins. I want you to have what you want, but not if it means you won't grow. Not if it means you won't live. Not if it means you won't survive. So I'm going to give you what you want, but not if it means you're not getting what you need. And even if you don't want what you need, I'm going to give you what you need anyway. Because if I give you what you want, it might kill you. This is God. Listen, I know you got a list, but God's got a list too. And this is God's list. My sermon in a sentence. My sermon in a sentence. God is more committed to your destiny than your desires. A good parent says, hey, I want you to eat this right now because I know that you'll enjoy it right now, but I also want to see you grow up. I also want to see you advance. I see a future in your life. You are embodied and sucked into the present. God goes, no, no, I know what your future is. And so if I could slip in some sweets, that's good, but I need you to grow and progress because I know what your future is. I have a destiny for you. 
I'm so glad that God gave me Liz and not the worship leader. Because Liz has other skills that I didn't even know I needed until I needed them. One of the first things we ever did together as a couple was as we were dating, we put together this young adults event. And, uh, and I was like, we should have a, a dinner on the beach of this young adult event. It would be awesome. I'm, I'm very creative. I'm a visionary. I think of things. And, and we'll have tiki torches. And we'll have little hula people. It'll be great. We'll just do it on Daytona Beach. Was it Daytona Beach? We'll just do it on Daytona Beach. And then, and then she looked at me. She goes, I don't think you can do that. I'm like, I can do anything. <laughs> she goes, like, no, I think you need permits for that. And I'm like, you permit. You don't need no permit. She's like, well, I'm going to look it up, and I'll get back to you. I was like, all right, well, hurry up. We just got to make a decision. She looked it up. Turns out that we were trying to do the party during turtle egg laying season. And if, we, and, and if permits were not allowed, and if we had done an event on the beach, we would have gotten a million-dollar fine and arrested. Thank God he didn't give me a worship leader. <laughs> We'd have been in jail that night singing Waymaker. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, wouldn't have, it wouldn't have been good. He gave me a businesswoman who can help me create details and strategy. I didn't even know I needed it, but God knew where I was headed. And he set me up with somebody who can get me to the place that he had. Pre- he prepared a person to get me to the place that he prepared for me. God knows what you need. And it might not always be what you want. It might not always be what you want. Proverbs 19, 21, many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. God's list is different. So I'm going to go through lists today, and we're going to rewrite our list. We're going to start with the single people. We're going to rewrite single people's list. And then married people, we're going to rewrite the married ideal marriage list. Now, 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 married people, don't be listening to the single people list thinking about, oh, so that's who I need? I'm out. <laughs> you're in. <laughs> you got a ring, you're in. <laughs> you're, no, out there, okay? And then, and then married people, don't be zoning out when I'm talking to the single people because this is good stuff for, for you to teach your kids, your friends. And then we get to the marriage. Single people, this is what you got to understand marriage really is, not what TV shows you, not what songs show you. So we're going to be helpful today. All right, single people, here we go. I know that when you're looking for a person, the first thing you're looking for usually is someone who looks a certain way. Now, now, that's not even front, okay? Like, that's not real. You know, he got to be a certain height, certain size. She got to have certain dimensions and maybe skin color and the hair got to be a certain. And I'm not even knocking that. Listen, that's okay. It's, you should be attracted to the person that you're going to spend the rest of your life with. So it's good. You want them to be attractive. That needs to be a factor that just can't be the only factor. And that just can't be the overriding factor. Why? Because of Proverbs 31.30. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Can I translate that to you in the modern day version? Gravity always wins. Gravity wins. I don't care how healthy you are. I don't care how many sit-ups you do. I don't care how great you are. across. Gravity wins. Skin sag, hair follicles fall out. It's gonna happen. Metabolism slow down. And when it does, you better be more attracted than just the appearance of that person. Because it's not gonna last. So it's okay to have it, but here's another thing that I think is on God's list. You need to have single people, not just someone who looks a certain way, but someone who is on a certain level. Someone who is on a certain level. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Oof. 
For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? Now, I was always taught in, uh, in church that this is a direct reference to not dating unbelievers. If you are a believer, if you be- and I agree, that is what it's saying. It's just not all it's saying. Because the fact that you share the faith is great. You should share this. It gets real complicated, real tricky. That's a whole other message for another day. It's just tough when y'all don't share the same values, same purposes, same priorities, all of those things. But it doesn't just say that. So in order to understand what Paul is talking about when he talks about being unequally yoked, you have to find the origin of this commitment, which is actually in Deuteronomy. That's right. All y'all who are on your Bible reading plan, and it looks like all those laws and have no regulations, have no purpose in your life today. Look at this, Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 10. Do not plow or plow, I don't know how to say it, with an ox and a donkey yoked together. Don't plow with an ox and a donkey yoked together. In order for you to understand that, you have to see a picture of what it looks like for an ox and a donkey to plow together. If you look at the ox, he's stronger, he's higher, he's on another level. If you look at the donkey, the donkey is low, he or she is on a, on a lower level. So you got one on a higher level, one on a lower level. The problem with plowing with an ox and a donkey is that because the ox is stronger, the ox is always going to dominate and he's always going to pull. So if I'm supposed to go this way and the ox is always pulling this way, then the relationship with two people on different levels will always go in circles. It'll always go in circles. It's hard to make progress when you don't share the same ambition. It's hard to make progress when you don't share the same work ethic. You got two jobs that you haven't filled out one application. It's hard to move forward when y'all don't share the same standards, when y'all don't share the same values, when y'all don't share the same dreams, when y'all don't have the same level of professionalism or excellence, and you're always going to be fighting with each other, and you're always going to be spinning, and it's going to be tough to move forward. Now, as I say this, everybody who's in love, who built, remember, shout out to last week's sermon, who built the relationship the wrong way, has got emotion leading, has got a bunch of excuses in your mind right now, telling you yourself and telling me that doesn't apply to me. You're you're knocking your neighbor over like he's preaching to you and your man. Not me and my man. Not me and my girl. That's not on. We're different. But deep down inside, you know that there's a difference between where y'all two live life. And I just want to get ahead of what I think is in your head. Here's what might be in your head. Well, nobody's perfect. Well, nobody's perfect, Pastor JJ. Amen. Nobody's perfect. But just because nobody's perfect doesn't mean anybody will do. When you go to the shoe store and you put your foot in the shoe, it's never ever perfect. There's always a little space at the end or it's a little bit tight. The question is, does it make you have pain when you walk? Is this gonna hurt you? Well, it's not a big deal. That's the next one. It's not a big issue. It's not a big deal. Neither is a splinter. But spend your life with a splinter in your finger. Because the things that are annoying now are the things you get divorced over later. Because it's been in your skin. It's been under your skin. You get under my skin. He was getting under your skin while y'all were dating. You just thought it wasn't a big deal back then. Then another reason will come. Well, somebody's better than nobody. I just don't want to be alone. That's not good. I'd rather, be, I'd rather wait longer to get married and spend 20 years with the right person than rush into it and spend 30 years with the wrong person. Could you imagine that? Could you imagine applying the same principle to your medicine cabinet? 
You got a stomach ache, you go to your medicine cabinet, you open it up, there's no stomach medicine. So you just grab whatever pills, you throw them down your mouth, and then when your friend walks in or your parent walks in or your spouse walks in, what are you doing? Well, I couldn't find the stomach medicine. Some medicine's better than no medicine. Bro, the wrong medicine can kill you. They get the right one in there. Here's the last one. I feel bad, but this is, I gotta say this, I know this is what a lot of us are thinking. I can change them. I can change them. Mm -mm. This is life, not Disney. Beauty and the Beast works there. But in real life, you don't kiss the beast and hope he turns into a prince. You, you, you look, you go, yo, you got fangs. Yo, you got claws. Yo, you mad, hairy, and dangerous. And it's not my job. I didn't die on a cross for you. It's not my job to change. This is not the princess and the frog. It's not, he's not going to transform. Listen, you don't marry someone's potential. You marry their patterns. You marry their patterns. And you got to date them long enough to find their patterns. Oh, my, well, am, I, am I supposed to like not find anything wrong with them? No, everybody's got something wrong with them. Here's how I like to say it. I said this a couple years ago in a sermon. Everybody's crazy. Everybody's crazy. You're never going to date somebody who's not crazy. The question is, can you handle their level of crazy? That's a great question to ask on a first date. So, what kind of crazy are you? Because <laughs> this is the kind of crazy I am. We're all a little crazy. And then you have to ask yourself, can I live with that person's crazy? Because there's crazy, and then there's, that's crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can deal with crazy, but I can't deal with, that's crazy. Nah, that's not for me. So, got to be careful. Because it's not fair. By the way, it's not fair. Here's another reason why you shouldn't live like that. Because it's not fair to treat people like they're projects. That's not fair to that person. If you decided to spend the rest of your life with them, then you decided to spend the rest of your life with them with the way that they are. And it's not fair for It's not fair to engage in a marital relationship trying to make them become your ideal person when they thought you were marrying them, not them 2.0. I remember when this happened with Pastor Liz and I, when we were first uh, uh, dating and then, and then we got married, I was in a discipleship program. I was a discipler. And uh, that's what I did. Like I, my, my job 24-7 was to help people see how they could grow and get better. And I did that with 17-year-olds and 18-year-olds and 19-year-olds and 20-year-olds. And then when we got married, I tried to do that with my wife. And I'm going to do a quick illustration right here. And, and she was, and I'm not going to pull you up. I'm just going to. And what I kept trying to do, right, because I thought that I was my job, I kept trying to pull her up to the next level. What I didn't know was by pulling her to the next level, I was hurting her. And she looked at me one time, and she said these words, and they were so strong, and they were so hard, but they were so true. She looked at me one time after I said something disciple-ish, and she said, I'm not your intern, I'm your wife. And I had to step back, and I had to go, you know what? You're right. It's not my job to change you, grow you, evolve you, because I can hurt you in the process, trying to pull you up to a place that you're not ready to go to. So I got to love you just the way, and if you never change, I'm going to love you right there, right where you are, because that's the promise that I made. That's what we have to do with each other. And by the way, if you feel like you're in a relationship with someone and you want to see them level up, don't pull them. Inspire them to get up where you are. And you do that by living your best life, by being the best husband, best wife that you can be. Here's the next one. A person on our list, this is probably what's on your list, a person I can have fun with. 
He just makes me laugh. We just laugh all the time. We have fun. We kick it. It's great. I can spend hours with them on the phone. It's great. A person I can have fun with. Again, not bad. This is not bad. This is good. A person, I think we ought to have fun. I think we need to have more fun in our relationships. It's a good one. You should be friends. But here's something we need to add to that on top of the fun. Ready? Not a person I can have fun with, but also a partner who can help me fulfill my purpose. A person I can have fun with, okay, now let's add to that, a partner who can help me fulfill my purpose. We share the same interests, we share the same sense of humor, we share the same hobbies, awesome, but do you share the same purpose? Do you share the same purpose? You know, if you, if you look to the Bible for uh, examples of dating, you're not going to find it because dating actually wasn't a Bible thing. This is the closest we get to dating Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, this is how the birth of Jesus came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Now, the reason why you won't find dating in the Bible is because dating is not a Bible thing. In the Bible, they did arranged marriages. Now, I am not advocating arranged marriages. I just need to say that right here, right now. But I do think it's interesting that many of those marriages lasted longer than the marriages we have today. One commentator who was studying the history of arranged marriages said it really good. I'm just going to tell you what he said because I love the way he put it. He said, because, put it on the screen, because the choosing of a life partner was considered far too serious a matter to be left to emotional impulse. In other words, it's, it's not that it's bad that you have emotions for someone, but it is bad if that's the basis on which you build your decision. Because it shouldn't just be, can I have fun with them? It should also be, can I build a life with them? Because I've got dreams and I've got purpose and I've got ambition. Can we come together to create this thing that I know that God has put in me to put out into the world? God brought Mary and Joseph together, but not just to have a good time. God brought Mary and Joseph together so that Jesus could come about. Ooh, I'm trying to tell somebody today, the person that God has for you is not just, God didn't just put y'all together so that you could have a good time. God brought you and that person together so that Jesus could come about. Because through your union, and through your relationship, God is going to use that relationship, that business, that ministry, that work ethic, that, that platform to impact people's lives. That's why he brings people together so that Jesus can come about. There's got to be a higher purpose. How do they make me feel this great? But it can't just be that. All right, let me just exemplify this in an illustration real quick. We're going to put two people on the, on the board here. That's as good as my drawing is going to get today. This is you and her. This is you and him. And I'm going to put up here real quick, purpose. Okay? And I don't know what it is. Maybe it's CEO. Maybe it's artist. Athlete. Maybe it's stay home parent. Whatever it is, that's your purpose. It's so important as you go through life, that you know where your purpose is and what your purpose is. Because if you don't know your purpose before you meet your person, then you will mistake your person as your purpose. Because you didn't know what your purpose was. You were just living life. You were getting there. God was about to reveal it. But you met them before you got there. And now they have become your purpose. And so much of the heartbreak that I have to counsel people through as a pastor is because of this. 
Because a person became your purpose. And then when the breakup happened, this is why suicidal thoughts happen after breakup sometimes. Because you didn't just lose a person, you lost a purpose. That person is not your purpose. They should be a part of the purpose, but they are not your purpose. And by the way, if you don't break up and it keeps on going, that's cool. The relationship will go, but it won't lead to purpose. It'll lead to this thing. Regret. Because one day, 15 years later, after being married, you're going to go, oh my gosh, I gave up this for you. You took me away from this. They didn't take you away from this. You forfeited it for them. If you don't have your purpose at the forefront, you will have a marriage one day that will lead to regret. I was supposed to be a police officer. I was supposed to be a doctor. I was supposed to be in ministry. And you pulled me away from that. No, no, you gave it up for them. Don't do that. A better way to do it. Okay, that's not going to work. A better way to do it, listen, is you know your purpose and you are on your way to your purpose. She knows her purpose. She's on your way. And then while y'all both on the way to your purpose, you meet. This is what happened with Pastor Liz and I. I was leading a young adults and singles conference. Okay, I have to mention the singles part because if I don't, she always says in singles and singles. But I always leave that part out because I feel like it makes it feel like we're in like some kind of Christian weird speed dating like event. And that wasn't it at all. And so I was leading the event. She was leading a group at that same conference. While I was headed towards my purpose, ministry, she was headed towards that purpose, which is ministry. And together we met and realized that we were headed the same way. Does that make sense? Don't chase a person, chase a purpose. Now, what if, you don't, what if you don't know your purpose? Then you at least have this. You got to at least know that your purpose in life is to serve God. So that if you don't know exactly where you want to go, when you meet with somebody, say, hey, I'm in business. What are you in? I'm not really sure. I'm, not, I'm figuring it out right now. But I do know that whatever it is, it's going to be to serve God. If it's a business, I'm going to use the funds to build the kingdom of God. If it's an artist or athlete, I'm going to use the platform to make God famous. If it's a stay-at-home parent, I'm going to raise children who fear God and who love God and who are ready to bring the world into revival. But whatever it is, if you're with me, you got to know that the purpose of my life is to make Jesus accessible to anyone. Are you down with that? Because that's where I'm headed. Is that where you're headed? That's what you got to do. Amen? Amen. You can take the, the blackboard away. All right. Let's start talking to the married people. Married people, where you at? I love that. That's a great energy for the eight uh, early morning service. That's great. Love it. All right. On your list is probably this, a marriage that makes me happy. Now, I'm not knocking this. That's great. A marriage that makes me happy, amen. I want a marriage that makes me happy too. There's only one problem with setting up a goal as a marriage that makes me happy. Listen, lean in. That's like going to the grocery store and going to buy a fresh pizza at the grocery store. You don't go to the grocery store to buy a fresh pizza. If you want a fresh pizza, you go to the grocery store and you buy dough and you buy sauce and you buy pepperoni, and you buy garlic, and you buy cheese. You got to buy the ingredients that make the thing because they don't sell the thing. Are you with me? You can't set up. I want to be a happily married. Okay, cool. And how you going to make that? You got to go to the ingredients of a happy marriage. Because if you chase happiness, you won't be in your marriage. You'll be with the secretary who makes you happy in that moment, chasing happiness. Did you hear me? Happiness is a great goal. It just can't be the thing you chase. It's the product of chasing the right things. 
And the right things, listen, it's not a happy marriage, although that's important. It's a marriage that makes me holy. A marriage that makes me happy, I mean, I want it. But the way I'm going to get there is by pursuing a marriage that makes me holy. That's on my list. That's what's on God's list. Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. <clears throat> you ever heard two people date and they use this analogy or this figure of speech? They go, oh, yeah, sparks were flying. The spark, did you feel the sparks flying when we kissed? Yeah, the sparks were flying. Awesome. Well, let me tell you something. When you get married, sparks fly. <laughs> sparks are flying there too, man. Sparks are flying. And, and here's, here's what I really want to get home. When you see the sparks flying, you're going to think your marriage is not working. But the reason why the sparks are flying is because the marriage is literally working. It's working on your character. It's working on your attitude. It's working on your selfishness. It's working on your pride. Ooh, when the sparks fly, it's God put someone, God put someone in your life to sharpen you, husband, to sharpen you, wife. And you might not like the way that feels, but that's why sharpening creates sparks. Literally working. I want you to read 1 Corinthians chapter 13. This is a famous passage of scripture, but under the context of sharpening, under the context of holiness over happiness, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no records of wrong, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth, it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. You know what I didn't find in that list? Love is happy. <laughs> Paul, you missed it. Paul, where you at, Paul? Come on. Love makes me smile. Love makes me sing songs. Love makes me daydream at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. No, love forgives. Love dies for the people that they love. And let me tell you something. Patience, forgiveness, selflessness, the, the selflessness, the truth, those aren't things that make you happy. But when you have a marriage that has those things, you will be happy. You will be happy. That's like going to the personal trainer and saying, I want abs, but I also want to be happy. And then the next day for y'all first session, he comes over with two boxes of Krispy Kreme. They say, hey, I thought I wanted abs. Yeah, but to do that, you got to do this, you got to do that, and that's not going to make you happy. So I bought you some donuts. Are you with me? There are a lot of things that my wife does that make me better, that bother me. I asked her permission to share all these things before I share them with you. They make me better, amen, but they bother me. Um, one of them is uh, I'm a much more organized person because I've married to Pastor Liz. She is the most organized person that I have ever met in my entire life. And I'm grateful for it because this is a big church and uh, I live a busy life and I didn't have her, I'd be all over the place. But sometimes her organization, even today, just this morning, just this morning, we're getting ready for that illustration that I did with the blackboard. You know that white marker? We couldn't find it. Nobody could find the white marker. We were about to send a staff member to go to the store and buy one. Everybody was running off. I needed the marker. I couldn't do the illustration. Where did the marker go? Finally, someone finds past the day. Hey, you wouldn't happen to know where the marker is. Yeah, I moved it. 
Where did you, where did you move it? Why did you move it? Because it was in the green room. The green room is where I go before service, is where the foods are and the cashews are and the water is. And a marker does not belong in the green room. She's not wrong. But everybody was bothered. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, there's going to be a meeting after this service. And we're going to ask a question. Where does everything go? Because everything needs a place. Because Pastor Liz made us better. Amen. Amen. But it bothered us. But it made us better. I'm a cleaner person because of you, babe. Thank you. My parents didn't really pass that down to me. I had a grandma. She did everything for me. So when I married you, you did not accept that. And I'm grateful for that. But it, sometimes it bothers us. Like the boys, when even the kids, like Zane one time was finished vacuuming his room. And, and then she came, he came downstairs and my wife asked him, she said, he said, are you done? she said, are you done vacuuming? He said, I don't know. <laughs> she, she said, what do you mean you don't know? How could you not know if you're done vacuuming? He goes, because it's you. <laughs> it's nine. Or he was nine when he said it. He said, I mean, I think it's clean. But I'm pretty sure, Mom, that by the time you get there, you're going to find something that I didn't clean. And so I'll tell you, whoever marries those boys, they're going to be the most organized, the most cleanest, most grateful for them. She's raising up world changers. I'm better with my family because of her. Because every time a family member, I took my dad out for his birthday last Tuesday for, uh, for Italian food because that's his favorite. And, uh, and I, that's not normally me. I love my family. But she, every time a family member celebrates a birthday, she has to celebrate it. She has to be there. Birthdays are big for her. Family is big for her. But I'm a very, I don't like to be out. I'm a homebody. And she pulls me from my comfort sometimes. And, and it's so great because I'm valuing, I call my sister almost every week now. She lives in a different state. That's the result of my wife bothering me that makes me better. I'm free from pornography because she asked me the tough questions every day that bothered me. Hey, did you look at anything today? Hey, when you were at the gym, were your eyes wandering? Hey, I'm going to ask. And, and it bothered me when she asked me those questions. But every time she asked me those questions, I got better and sharper and sparks flew, but it made me better. Are you catching this? Not just, listen, because she refused to settle, but also because she refused to give up on me. Here's how it ends in 1 Corinthians 13, 8. Love never ends. It never gives up. It never fails, which is my last point here, marriage goals for a lot of people. It's to go there and do that, to go there and do that. I want to travel. We want to see the world. We want to go to Puerto Rico. We want to go to Paris. We want to go to the Eiffel Tower. We want to see the sunrise in China, walk the Great Wall, baptize in the Jordan River. I want to do all these things. That's awesome. That's great. Not knocking that. You should see the world. I hope you get to see everything you want to see in life. Remember, this isn't that those things are bad. It's just that maybe they shouldn't be the foundation. Here's another one, here's a better one. Marriage goals, not to go there and do that, but to be there no matter what. To be there no matter what, because love never ends. Married people, Ephesians chapter five, verse 31 through 32. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. Look how this verse ends. This is a profound mystery, but if you wanna understand marriage, I'm talking about Christ and the church. Christ and the church, listen, are a covenant relationship, not a contract relationship. Marriage is a contract, 
that makes it legal, but what makes it powerful is that it's a covenant. The difference between a contract and a covenant is that in a contract, if you do your part, I do my part. I say this at weddings all the time. If you pay your mortgage, the bank says, you get to stay in this house. It's a contract. But if you don't pay your mortgage, then I'm breaking my part. So if you do what I want you to do, I'm in. But if you don't do what I want you to do, I'm out. That's a contract. Here's a covenant relationship. It's what Jesus does with the church, no matter what you do, no matter where you go, no matter how far you run, I will love you forever and I will be there forever. Covenant relationship. Now I need to say really quickly, this does not apply. There are, I always talk about the three A's of divorce and so that statement applies, but not under these three conditions. This is in the Bible. Adultery, abuse, if you got somebody who's hitting you, beating on you, you got to get out of that marriage quickly, right? Or abandonment. The Bible says if the unbeliever wants to leave you and they walk away from you, you got to let them go. But outside of those three, and I've seen couples even make it through those three, and God did a miracle, amazing things in the miracles, but I need you to know if your life is in danger, you get out, all right? So this isn't that kind of teaching. If you're being abused sexually, emotionally, physically, there's that. But in any other case, listen, God is telling you, Stick it out. Why? Because not just stick it out, but grow, develop. Because the Christian marriage is actually an example of my love to the world. It's my love. To, I need the world to look at you and see how I did it. So I have life goals, y'all. I got bucket list items, things that I want to do in life. I, I, I share, it's very personal to me, but I'm sharing with you some of them. So these are some of my bucket list items. Some of them are funny. Don't laugh. Some of them are, are I really believe. I, one day I want to write a New York Times bestseller. One day. I want to lead Journey Church to 15,000. We can tell, go on an African safari. I want to preach in Spanish one day, like all the way. Not like in Spanglish, but just like in Spanish. I want to die. I want to be debt-free by I'm 40. Take Justice and Zane on a manhood seminary. I want to pastor one church for 35 years. That's my goal. Y'all won't want me when I'm 75, okay? And so, but I want to, I'm 70. And, uh, and then there's that one in the black right there. I want to give away a million dollars. Here's that, that black one. Uh, but, Celebrate 50th wedding anniversary. You guys, 50 years? Let's go. Your goals, Gary and Alba. You guys are goals. And this list is not an order of importance. I don't care more about the book than I do past the list, just so you're clear. But if I were to put this list in order of importance, I would put that wedding anniversary all the way at the top of the list. You know why? Look at me because all the other things on that list are my list. And it's not wrong to have a list. You should have a bucket list, that's great. But that one in yellow right there, listen, that's the only one of all of those that I'm absolutely certain is on God's list. Did you hear me? So I don't wanna chase my list if it cost his list. I don't wanna die having checked off the things on my list and get to heaven and not have accomplished the things that were on God's list for my life. Because I know, this is the beautiful part, that if I do God's list, I'll see my list come to fruition. And if there's anything on my list that I don't get, it's because I didn't need it and I shouldn't have had it. But I'm willing to submit and surrender that. And I know it'll be hard, but I'm glad, I'm glad that I have a role model when it comes to surrender and sacrifice. Luke 22, 42. Father, if you will, this is Jesus. Please don't make me suffer by drinking from this cup. But do what you want, Jesus said, not what I want. When Jesus was hanging on the cross, listen, it wasn't just his skin that was ripped. It wasn't just his forehead that was torn 
by the crown of thorns. When Jesus died on that cross, it wasn't just his flesh, it was his list. I don't want it, God, if it's not yours. Now I think you know why you all received one on the way in. And if you didn't receive one, I want you to raise your hand and one of our hosts will come to you and run to you and get you one of these. If you're watching online, I want you to head to the nearest piece of loose leaf near you. It don't need to say nothing on it. Just go ahead and grab a piece of loose leaf. Here we go. I want you to look at this list, Journey Church, and I want you to, to project onto this list every one of your plans. Listen, the unborn children projected onto this paper, the, the professional career, the ministry, the, the marriage, the house that you want to own. I'm not saying that God can't give you all those things. I'm just saying, are you willing? Raise your hand if you don't have one. Are you willing to give it up to God to get his best? If so, I want you to hold this list. We're going to pray. And as I pray over you, I want you to pray over yourself too. And I want you to ask the Lord, Lord, I'm ready to surrender, ready to give it up. I had ideas. I had hopes. I had plans. There's things I wanted to accomplish in my life. But if it's not on your list, then I'm willing to rip up mine. And then when I say amen on amen, we're all going to rip our list together. Are you in? Come on, East Campus, are you in? Church Online, are you in? All right, here we go. Hold your list. Let's pray. Father God, we come before you today. I got plans and I got dreams. There are things that I wanted to accomplish in my life. People I wanted to go, children I wanted to meet, businesses I wanted to start, monies I wanted to make, people I wanted to spend the rest of my life with. And none of those are bad and none of those are wrong, but I heard the message today. And if it's not your plan for me, I don't want it. Your list is better than my list. And so I surrender my list in the same way Jesus cried out, not what I want, but what you want. I surrender my list to you. I surrender my plans to you. I don't want it. You take control of it. In Jesus' name, hold it up, hold it up, hold it up. Amen. Come on, let's give God a hand clap of praise. Father, we love you and we thank you and we surrender. You can have it all. You can take it all. It's your life, not my life. It's your future, the destiny you have for me. That's all I want. I'm ready to live it. Take my plans and I exchange them for your purposes. Amen. Listen, in that same spirit, there's somebody who has to not just give up your list, but give up your life. If you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you are far from God. On the count of three, every head but every eye closed, we give that people, people some moment of privacy. If you're in the room today, you want to give your life to Jesus, on the count of three, raise your right hand high. Jesus, I need you. All over this room, you're ready to give your life to him. One, you're ready to surrender not just your list, but your life. Two, all over this room. One, two, three. Right now, shoot your right hand up high. Come on, I see your hand. 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 Amen. Amen. You can put your hand down. I want you to pray this prayer after me, whether you raise your hand or not. Everyone say, Father God, here I am. I give up my list and I give up my life. Jesus, will you be my Lord and my Savior? You call the shots because I know you want what's best. So I surrender my wants from my best. Be my Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this message and we would love to hear your story and how this ministry is changing your life. Please email us at amen at journeyorl.com. 
And if you would like to support financially, you can give online at journeyorl.com give. If you're in the area, join us on Sunday for the full experience. Have a blessed week.